Hello and welcome to this, the latest episode of the How Long to Beat podcast. Um, I'm Square, joined by Triangle and Shortburst. Uh, you won't get that joke, but that is absolutely fine. Uh, and this is episode... <laughs> and this, I'm not even going to... I forgot it. about that, actually. <laughs> like, he caught me off guard. That. I was like, oh, yeah! Uh, beautiful. <laughs> if you really want to know what this is about, just ask us on the Discord. No, 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 no. This, this, is, uh, this is secret. Lore. No, this, this is, is a secret? Is. All right, sounds good. <laughs> and this is episode 26, so happy sixth month anniversary. Blah, 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 sixth month anniversary to Woo. us. Yeah! Half a year already, that's crazy. Yeah, and to, to use the tired cliche, it's just flown by. Mm, truly. Um, just like this episode probably will. So, this week we're going to talk about, as always, what we have beaten, retired, and been playing. We're then going to move on to the topic this week, which very much feels like a me topic, in fairness. <laughs> it's games that other people like that we don't. And I actually have a site dedicated to that. <laughs> <laughs> My God. And then, as always, we'll finish off with a question from the community and everyone's favourite game, Palo, we're about to start it. How, How long, long to be the game? The game. That was okay. <laughs> oh, that went super glitchy for me. I haven't got a clue if I was in there or not. <laughs> you were, enough. <laughs> yep. We'll find out with the recording, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't we kick off with a game that we've all played this week? Yes. Alex. Yeah, so um, I just randomly played Trip World on the Game Boy. I I saw this on like this random list. Like one of my favorite things to do is just go and like, you know, look at list, basically listicles of like uh, games people have enjoyed on like the Game Boy and stuff. And just to get like a couple extra things that maybe would have missed my attention. And this was one of them. Um, I think you said it was released in Europe. I don't think it had a North American release. Um, The Japanese version is like all i could find and like trying to find the manual for this game because it's very short it's a platformer where you play as this little bunny fella um who's like kind of able to like transform into like a flying version and like a fish version um and the game doesn't tell you this so like when i actually first played through it i was like I got to this water level and I was like, why can't I jump out of this? I'm like, what am I missing? Like, you know, I genuinely was like, what am I missing? And then like, it turns out you have to press down B to turn into a fish or uh, up B to turn into like this flappy thing. And suddenly the game was very easy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, it's like a 38, 40 minute game. Like it's a pretty short game, but it's it's kind of fun. It's it's weird. It's really weird. Like in the, in the sense that it's kind of Kirby-ish in that almost no enemies pose a single issue, but the bosses can be kind of tough, but also not really. <laughs> so you're like, I was like in that weird position of where I was like, what is this game? But uh, it's by Sunsoft. Um, they made a bunch of different ones. They're the Blaster Master, um, people behind Blaster Master. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was painfully mediocre, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and before we jump in, fun fact, uh, as you mentioned, Sunsoft, uh, one of their more recent games, Blaster Master Zero 2, uh, while I was looking for the European manual, which I could not find, um, the wiki says that um, the the character, which you said should probably be Jacob, but is like Yokopu, I think in like... Yeah, so in Japanese, it's Yakopu, because that's how it's pronounced in it. But like, that is genuinely just Jacob. Um, but like... It, like English translators have just 
like literally transliterated it to Jakob, Jakobu, but it's it's Jacob. So fun. Whatever fact. it's called, it's got a camo. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called, it, it pops up in that game. Really? I yeah. Um, I cheesed so much of that game with the flying power. Oh yeah. Because it, it's kind it kind of balked because you can only go in one direction. Then if you try and change direction, it just sort of flops to the floor. Um, but there are a couple of like late game enemies on bridges, if you know the ones that I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it's like oh, a yeah. little one in a robot. I just flew straight over those. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I just jump over it. I also technically finished this game. Uh, my emulator sort of balked out. So when I got like <sighs> the last, the last boss takes like five hits, um, judging by the long plays. And every time I landed the fifth hit on it, uh, both our sprites would disappear and the music would Weird. keep going, but the screen would be frozen. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, that's a completion. I, I couldn't fucking care less. Um, well, you're not missing I'm, much. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. And I'm, I'm certainly not playing the game again because it, it really was quite dull. Um, also personal pet peeve, the attack range is disgustingly short. It's like, two <laughs> max. yeah, yeah, I hated it so I much. Yeah, so short. Sure. It's fine for the regular enemies because most mm. of them actually won't, um, initiate attacks unless you attack them first. Most of them. Uh, but for the bosses, it's a pain in the ass because you end mm-hmm. up just trading hit points and they've got too many for that to be viable. Yeah. So it's oh. the, whole thing. Um, the, the clamp thing was horrible to battle because it, 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 if you get like far enough from it, it starts attacking you. But then mm-hmm. if you try to attack it, it just clamps up. Ah, right? see. The clamp. The clamp is the best in the game. There is a way around it. Yeah. So. Yeah, there is a way around it, but. Um, there was a uh, a point where I was battling, I and I sent the screenshot to you. It was whelp because I don't know how I got the club stuck into the the entrance of the place. <laughs> Did you? I <laughs> couldn't open. <laughs> oh, to attack. Wow. Well, oh, so we both had issues then. I, don't I will know if that's say, the game or if that's our emulators. It could be the emulators because, like, I I was playing on the original hardware and there was no no issues there. But what I will say. Is that yeah? For that clam, you're supposed to ha- get the tail power up and go in with the tail power up because when you have the tail oh. power up, it's like super easy. You just smack it from far away, um, and the power up has a time limit. So what you're really supposed to do is find out where the the tail is, find out where the boss is, get there with the tail as fast as you can. And once I did that, I beat that thing like no problem because I had the same problem as you. I was like, "How do you beat this thing? It's so hard." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I have that tail that goes really far." Most of the bosses have something like that. Without the tail. There's yeah. two clean ways of beating it. So the first yeah. one is like, you can gauge where the things are going to fall. And um, up until the last oh. point, you can actually make it so that they fire either side of you as you approach it, if you're smart. The other way mm. is if you like, if you kick close-ish, it clams up. But that's mm-hmm. like two of the five tiles on the screen. Mm. So what you can do is dodge the first one, kick, and then it will stop clamming up get over the back of it and then it will come back towards you but it can't fire at you and then you can just kick it from behind hey there you go see there you are yeah so like i mean i actually think it's kind of like it is like like you admit it's definitely mediocre i mean this is this is from the year i was born 1992 it's an oldie but it's kind of fun like i don't know i just like if it was any longer i'd be like hell no um (laughs) you know what i mean but like as a quick little 40 minute it's like it's an interesting look at like oh this is a very different kind of um platformer i was like this is strange also just a quick question um the new blaster master games aren't developed by sun 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 soft those are uh no, they're integrated yeah yeah yep. um but they but sun, yes yes because sunsoft did create the original yeah mm-hmm. 
There's probably developers from Sunsoft who work maybe. with Indie I don't know who, maybe. Actually, I don't even know if Indie Creates is Japanese or not. Ignore everything I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings ultimately, I think, are the same as they were for Strider, which is uh, I think if I paid any money for the game, I'd be fuming. Mm. But um, like, as something I emulated for free half on original hardware because i played this on a game boy advance with my flash cart a similar setup to playing strider on a psp through the emulator app i feel like as a as a half hour handheld sort of muck around it was fine mm. and um if it looks interesting i'd say like you're better off just giving it a go the time you'd waste reviewing and checking just download it and play. yeah just do that also yeah. another addendum yes indie creates is japanese because it's an ex capcom developer there we go i'm done <laughs> <laughs> did you have any other thoughts on it paula I mean, at the very least, like, the designs were cute, but uh, besides that, the overall fights were, like, some were super hard, and I guess, like, <laughs> I swear, after the clan, I breezed through the game. Mm. I absolutely breezed through it. The last boss and is then... nightmare. Oh, yeah, the last boss is rough. Because you have a gauntlet to get there. Yeah, did you I... not find any difficulty there, Paula? Uh, not really, because, like, uh, you have, like, this last three battles back mm-hmm. to back pretty much mm-hmm. uh, so i pretty much like breeze the first one then the weird mm-hmm. pikachu clone thing <laughs> i realized that it moves depending on what you do mm-hmm. uh, so i ended up chasing it and the robot only took me like a couple of tries nice well you're just a stupid clown better than we are that's funny well anyway it's an oh. interesting game why don't you yes. tell us about your other playthroughs? <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like an exhausted trip world talk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's very much Picross E3, E2, and Picross E3. <laughs> um, so that has been my week, it seems. Hardcore gaming. Uh, the thing about Picross <laughs> is that the E2 uh, interest is like this uh, mini Picross that is like you uncover like a huge paint, but it is made up of very tiny parts that are like easy to make mm. uh, right. to solve, I guess. That was fun. Picross E3 introduces the macro Picross. That is like, it has these uh, little clues that in, that um, that serve for two of the columns or rows. And I hated it. I don't <laughs> like that. Good to know. Um, but besides that, the other puzzles were like, okay. So yeah, I've been a Picross frenzy and the other games I've been playing, I haven't finished. So I talk about it more later. <laughs> Nice. Um, what about you, Rick, Alex, any of you? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, flip that coin, pick for us. Who's going next? Um, Rick, sweet. <laughs> Go you. ahead. <laughs> so, other than Trip World, I've got three other completions. The first of which um, is the latest in my Cecile Richard back catalogue adventure, uh, nice. Continental Drift. I think it speaks volumes that I actually can't remember anything about it. Oh, like, okay. Five days later, I'm, I'm oh. genuinely drawing a blank. Um, which isn't good, but it was probably super short. So mm. check it out, I guess. And then I finished two games that I was playing last week. So Witch Eye for Android, which is a Devolver Digital little mobile game. I've gotten a lot more positive in my feelings about it. I think the more I've come away from it, purely just because of how much variety there is in there. Every level did something slightly different, whether it was environmental, boss-based, uh, ability-based, the collectibles weren't super obnoxious, which is cool for a game where the movement is a little bit finicky. And for the price, I think it was like £2.70 or, or your regional equivalent, so a few dollars. Definitely give it a go if it looks appealing, because if you like the look of it, you will probably like the playing of it. 
And uh, it's one of those good mobile games where you pay once and that's it. Nice. So always good to support that as a business model. That's such a 2020s thing, isn't it? Buy the game, <laughs> support that. Bit. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> the other game, speaking of fucking 2020 horrors, was on the Vita. And that was Aqua Kitty DX. Real good time with this one. The difficulty curve is a little bit all over the place. But because it's an arcade level-based thing, that wasn't really an issue. So from level to level, I would either breeze through it in maybe one try, two tries, or I'd be smacking my head on my desk for about an hour until I until I got through. And part of that's just because on each level, there's a separate requirement to protect every single one of your little milk mining stations and stopping the, the worker that's on that from being taken away. So I'd often be in a position where I'd probably still clear the level, but I'd have just lost a, 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 a kitty miner. So I'd, I'd just restart the level. Hmm. Really good though. Really good for what it is. Very solid. Maybe similar to what I said about Next Machina a couple of weeks ago, maybe they could signpost things a little better. So there's like some seaweed in the foreground that very occasionally will hide a bullet. And the other pet peeve is that the the creatures that come to pick up the staff on, on your milk mining facilities absolutely should not be able to shoot you while you're carrying them. I can't tell you the amount of times I died because I was flying in to shoot and then suddenly a bullet pops out of them and there just isn't a human way that you can intercept that. So that was minorly frustrating, especially because the game is quite strict in terms of you losing lives and getting hit. So you start with three hit points for the whole thing and you can get health pickups, but they're very rare. And the iframes you get from taking damage are almost zero. It's very possible to lose all three health in, in a matter of two seconds if mm. you're not careful. So it, it's more of a problem than it might be in another game where it's balanced and set out a little bit differently. But overall, a really fun game. Definitely feel like I got my money's worth and my time's worth. And if you're not a denizen of Vita Island, I think it got releases on all the things, as did its sequel, which is the same mechanics, but in a, a RPG format. So if you like it, also go and support them and check that out as well, uh, which I've already bought it. So you'll probably hear about that in a few weeks time. Hmm, nice. So yeah, that, that's me, Alex. Go ahead. Well, uh, beat Halo 2, my partner, we've been playing co-op, um, which is a great game. Um, it's definitely a little more like Halo One's interesting because Halo One's just like a lot of corridors and a lot of like the sameish looking area, and you're like, oh my god, so many waves. And then Halo Two is a lot of like, wait here as the enemies come, or like, wait on this gondola as we go over this way. And I'm just like, Ugh. you know, like it, they like overcorrected a little bit. I'm playing as the Arbiter is cool, but even my partner, she was like, what? I want to be Master Beef again because <laughs> she's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely what he's got. You know what I mean? It's just like. You know, you, you don't really want to be the Arbiter the whole time. Um, but it's weird jumping from that now to Halo 3 because, like, Halo 2 Anniversary is gorgeous. It is very gorgeous. Uh, you know, 4K fills the entire screen and split screen. It is beautiful. And then Halo 3 is, like, you know, the reduced <laughs> aspect ratio and it's the oh, old no. Xbox 360 graphics. And I mean, look, it looks good. It does. Like, I have to admit, as something from that time, like, it remarkably holds up um when you look at it but it is just like kind of noticeable it, it it's it's fascinating to play it this way and halo 3 is also the first one that i um that i ever actually played the campaign of i'm not even sure if i ever actually beat the halo 1 and 2 campaigns on my own i don't remember but i know i beat the third one so as we're coming back into that now i'm like oh yeah welcome back to high school alex's gaming career <laughs> and i'm like i know how this game works 
Look across your partner, first time. Yeah, right. Um, she freaking loves that game. She asked me to play it now all the time. Like I, I you know, like I'm just like, oh, she's like, can we play Halo tonight? And I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll play Halo. You know, I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, so anyway, for those who have a partner who maybe isn't super into games but wants to get more into them, highly recommend Halo because it's a little slower and uh, like for as a first person shooter, it's not like Twitch reflexes, and it's uh, very fun. And you just shoot aliens. So that's my recommendation, my hot wreck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also beat Genesis Noir. So Abitage talked about this one a, a couple of weeks ago when uh, when we had him on. And you know, uh, this game, I'm like so, so torn on this game because it is unbelievably creative. Like it is very creative and it is very beautiful. Like the art style, the music and all the combination of that, it, it's really incredible. As a game though, it's... You know, it's kind of the definition of the topic of last week. It, it's short, but it, it really does drag quite a bit. Like, it's like a four-something-hour game, and it felt like I was playing it for eight hours. Like, I was just like, holy hell. Like, you know, it just felt long. But there are also moments that were, like, so unbelievably affecting and, like, memorable that I'll never forget. Like, you know, it's... So it's one of these games that, like, I'm a bit torn because I'm like... As a package, I think it's a little lackluster, but then this is also the developer's first game. And so to me, it also belies like a real sense of promise. Like I'm like, these will be people I think to follow because whatever they're going to make is going to be fascinating, I think. Um, And within the game, there are moments that you're just like, holy shit, that was so cool. Um, You know, and it's it's, it's inspired by um, the Cosmicon, Cosmicon, Cosma Comics. Hold on. It's it's Italo Calvino. I don't know if anyone's heard of Italo Calvino. Um, but he's, the name rings a bell. Yeah, he's an Italian journalist, and he he wrote this um, really really famous Cosma Comics. That's it, Cosma Comics um, book. Actually, I have that book. It's great. It's, it's short stories, and the stories kind of go all over. Uh, but it takes a scientific fact, right, and it builds an imaginative story about it. Um, or or like a falsehood, right? And so they were inspired by that. And so Genesis Noir is really meditations on scientific facts that we know today, right? And because obviously Calvino's book, it was written in like 1965. I think it was published in 68. So, you know, some of the scientific facts in it are kind of outdated by today's standards, right? Um, but that, that wasn't really the point, right? The point was to take them and imaginatively explore them. And that's what this game does. And it does so through like the Big Bang, and it does so through the guise of a noir uh, story with like jazz and saxes and stuff. So it's really, really fascinating. And there's some moments where you're just like, that's cool. Um, and it's not necessarily taking all scientific facts because it'll also take like Hunt, right? And like, it'll take different moments through it. But it's kind of this like, love story through noir and through the universe i don't know it, it, like you can probably tell from how i'm describing it it's it's wild it goes all over the place and so like if you have game pass i think what Abitash said this is a no-brainer like you should definitely play it because you got game pass just try it out right if you don't you might be fine watching someone play it honestly like it, it it would probably be fine to watch which sorry developers but like i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a movie honestly um more so than a game right like i'm not sure if i got like a ton out of engaging with it necessarily you know what i mean like i'm not sure if that was super necessary anyway that's my thoughts on it it's cool i'd be curious if any of you end up playing it what you think paula i think you would i think you'd really like the art in it i think it would stick out for you in that sense 
I will think about it because I'm pretty much about to cancel my Xbox. I mean, my Game Pass subscription oh. because I haven't been playing a lot on it lately. <laughs> That's and fair. I can't justify for now. Mm. But when I jump back into it, I might as well play it. Yeah, or might as well. Give it a try. Yeah, why not? That's fair. Uh, man, I only play Game Pass now. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see myself watching it. I'm... Uh... I'm very much behind. If your gameplay is not good, then uh, yeah, and I think it's not. worth watching. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's how I felt about Gris or Gree or whatever you say. Like, there's an excellent piece of art here. It just shouldn't be a video game. Yeah, I'm kind of a like, yeah, I, and I actually think Greece is a little more of a video game than Genesis Noir is. Um, oh yikes! I definitely won't be yeah. playing it then because <laughs> Genesis, just in the sense that like Genesis Noir is more like a point and click adventure. So uh, maybe that's not fair. It, it is a game. It's just like. Gris had a little more like interactive platforming stuff, whereas Genesis Noir is less that, more like, what do I have to do next to solve this? Okay. I don't know. Anyway, that's all on that. Congratulations to those developers, though. I'm glad they got hit on Game Pass. I'm pretty sure that game might have just kind of fizzled into nothing, and now everyone's like, hey! And I'm just like, good job. It's, it's like the security of the Epic deal, but also with a little bit of actual visibility, because Xbox is something people are using. Right, and I mean, they pay for the development, so like the game got paid for by going on game pass right and so then it's just like any extra sales or just money in the bank um yeah i, I don't like the business model but i certainly don't blame any value for, for taking it yeah um anywho why don't we move along um to what have we retired recently which i believe oh, is just you, you move along yeah <laughs> yeah which i think is just a segment with me this week um <laughs> i don't actually have a lot to go on this one that actually really disappointed me I retired Shantae, the Game Boy Color version. Doesn't hold up anymore. It's not. It's not a great game. Not at all. It's so slow. Slow. Confusing. Yep. I'm not sure what to do. The jumps are slow shit, and I'm just like, I've heard the other games are good, so I'm like, and you know, I started it, and it, it is. It's it's very impressive on the Game Boy Color. Like you're looking at it, and you're like, whoa, that's really really cool. But I am also looking at it and going, but I think what you wanted to do was make a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> So well, that's why it died on its ass because it came out, I think, after the Game Boy Advance came out. It did. It, it, it got like an underground thing as this amazing Game Boy game that no one, no one saw and played, and then they brought out new ones which are actually good and actually run at a pace faster than a snail. And then people were like, "Oh shit, that's yeah. great!" And I think its reputation might be the result of YouTube and like the retro heads who are just like, "Oh, this game that no one played," and I was like, "Well." I don't know how I'm actually not sure how true that is because like it had a Game Boy Advance uh, upgrades in it. So like if you plug it into the Game Boy Advance, there's slightly different animations and stuff. Nothing groundbreaking. It's just like, yeah, there's some slight different things that happen when you do that. Um, So like, I mean, look, you know, uh, the game I don't think was super played because for good reason. Like (laughs) when you play it, you're like, yeah, but WayForward's awesome. Like I I do love WayForward. They they made a lot of really good games on the Game Boy Color, but this one just it's a little too slow. So I thought, eh, retire it. I think I have half Genie Hero or whatever um, on my Vita, so I'll probably check that one out at some point. Um, the other one that I retired was one of the ones that I was experimenting with. This is a this is a game by Rare actually. It's called Monster Max on the Game Boy, and hmm. yeah, I don't know if anyone's heard of this game. I don't remember how I heard of it, but essentially, it's an isometric game. And I'm just double making sure. Yeah, it is by Rare. So, it, oh yeah, but but by Titus France. That's who published it. Like such a weird game. Anyway, it's isometric, and 
essentially what you're doing is like you're going through a series of puzzle rooms it's kind of like those old pc games you know um and so you're moving around jumping over obstacles uh i think then there's like a new there's a game that i played recently that was sort of like this but it's there's a there's a long tradition of these uh isometric games and it's it's good like it's not a bad game as you're going through you know you collect little objects that, that you can like place down with the b button and like swap out for different ones and it'll like raise you up higher and you can go in like there's different mechanics and you're like going to all these different floors the the issue is that it's just like it's just kind of slow and also like i don't really like those games they're not really something that i'm like into i've never been a huge fan of the isometric um style like puzzle box games i just find them to be a little just like a little boring to be honest and you know it has a password system too so i'm just kind of like no thanks i don't want to be doing passwords on this thing you know it's before game boy really was able to do the save cartridges oh which also fun fact about trip world just going back to that if you wait until the entire title screen finishes and the little bunny goes across if you press select you can just choose whatever stage you want to play on so Fun fact, in case you want to do some of it. Um, But anyway, so I just retired it. But if you like, if you like this kind of game, like Isometric Perspective, I think you should really try it. Because like, honestly, when it came out, it had extremely good reviews. Like, this thing was like way up there in the reviews. And it is a solid game. It's a rare game, right? Like, when Rare was in its heyday. So I would... Ah, there you go. Um... (laughs) So I would I would give it a chance because it didn't really sell well I don't think and so no one really played it. It's just didn't not sell well because it was rare. Oh God, oh, <laughs> too many rare funds. Um, anyway, that's it for my retired. Uh, why don't we move along to? Can we retire, Rick? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Your puns have been retired. Um, why don't we move um, along to what we've been playing? Uh, hey, on that note, Rick, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Yeah, sure thing. Um, it's much the same as it was last week in fairness. So Hades is still on the playing, but I still haven't really done much with it. Um, ditto Freedom Wars. My feelings on them are still much the same because I haven't really done anything for them to change. Mm. There's one new game, and then I'll come back to the other one in a second because I feel like we're going to have a conversation about that. Uh, and the new game is a, a game called Synergia. Uh, and we had a little joke during the week that I'm becoming the anti-Paola because Synergia uh, is a visual novel um, where the love interests are women rather than men. And it, it's distant <laughs> so far. So um, it's cyberpunk themed. The palette is really nice rather than the neon yellow thing that CDPR went for. It's all reds and then muted pastel colors behind the reds. Really, really pretty. Probably not as pretty on the Vita as it would be on another platform. The Vita port definitely has a little bit of jank as well. The text log doesn't quite work properly. The audio can be a little bit janky in terms of when you go in and out of the menus, like every fourth tone is super loud, but it's on the Vita and it's like a new release on the Vita. So I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point. It runs, the game is perfectly playable and enjoyable. And the story's quite cool so far. It, without giving anything away, because I really think it's something that if you're a fan of the genre or it looks appealing to you, you should go and check out. It gets really heavy really quickly, touches on themes of transhumanism, religion, politics, but not in a in a really overbearing way. It's quite smart in the way that it brings those in and out and it plays with the story. I'm maybe an hour and a half in, we've already had a couple of twists where I've, I've, I'm at the point where I feel really engaged and, and excited to sort of see where the story goes. It doesn't look like a super long one, so bear that in mind. Uh, there's a little website called How Long to Beat, where you can go <laughs> check times. And uh, <laughs> uh, a main only playthrough of the game looks to be sort of three to four hours, which suits me because I, I 
didn't really want it to be a super long epic. I'm, I'm in a position where that kind of story is the kind of length where I probably want it at the moment. Mm. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I'm also having a lot of fun uh, with Narita Boy, <laughs> which is <laughs> the last of the games that I'm playing. <sighs> I'm, uh, <laughs> it's funny because they do that in the title and then there's like a text part, maybe two hours in, where you'll maybe remember the bit when you first get the techno horse. Yeah. And you're riding and those text boxes pop up and they're like, they'll speak of his legend forever. The legend of Narita. And then there's like four O's in the boy. So you like do it in your head. Boy. Yeah. I, this game is flawed. <laughs> and I, I, I certainly wouldn't make out that it's a nine or a 10. It really isn't. Mm. And it was interesting hearing you say the, the stuff you did about Genesis War about it being a developer's first attempt at a game. Mm. How there's a lot of promise there. I really feel that way about this one. I can agree because with that. The, the, the world they've built is beautiful. And while I don't mind the flavor text as much as you clearly mind it, I think in future releases, they can definitely show more and tell less. That, that's something that hopefully they will, they will build in. Hopefully they'll fix the platforming as well. Once you get used to its quirks, it's manageable, but it's yeah. never good, or it certainly hasn't been good yet. Fortunately, they, they rely on it not a lot at all. That's a really bad way of phrasing that sentence. The other thing that, <laughs> <laughs> the platform is bad. Good thing they don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that's, that's sort of weirded me out is that uh, instead of giving you a high jump or a double jump, they're like, oh, yeah, just uppercut. That, that makes you go higher. Great. Like, Plus, you can that, only that uppercut from the ground, and I'm like, come on. You know? I'm like, let me uppercut in the air. That's dope. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be realistic. And as we know, this is what the game's going for. <laughs> yeah, this game's realism, <laughs> all right. <laughs> What, are you telling me you've never been sucked into a game to defeat evil code? <laughs> oh, you know, every Thursday. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. The combat is nice. I don't have the same problems with it that I think you did. And once you get around the idea of the, the three-hit combo not giving you any kind of stagger or iframe on the enemies, because it really doesn't, once you're then a little bit more mindful of using your bashes, uh, dashing around... You've got the special abilities on the meter and you've got the shotgun. It gives you a lot of variety very early. And I really appreciate that, that the, the combat doesn't hold your hand too much. It sort of throws you straight in. <laughs> uh, and that's similar with the bosses. I can already tell you haven't gotten to a certain part yet. But anyway. <laughs> wow. I, it's, it's, it's just funny because the way you're talking right now is how I felt at about the point that you're at in the game. Um, and I'll be curious to see if you still feel this way after, uh, in a little while, because like, I do agree with you. Like, oh, like I found in general, it was nice to have a lot of the tools early on. It's just later there are, there are some enemies that appear that can only be defeated in a specific way. Um, you mentioned last week, I remember, yeah. Yeah. And it sucks the goddamn joy out of the game. Um, because it's not even that they're that hard. You're just like, <sighs> all right. Guess I have to beat this thing this way, you know? And like, it's just that thing where it's like, you, you see one appear and it's like, I guess all the cool stuff that I've learned how to do is useless now. You know? So anyway. I may have more of a tolerance for that though, because I didn't mind that in Doom Eternal too much. Because there are certain enemies in Doom Eternal where very specific requirements are made of you. Uh, excluding the Marauder, which can go fuck itself. But the uh, there's quite a few other enemies where there is a specific way Maybe that's a slight difference, though, because it, it's not like other things are completely ineffective. It's just there's, there's a way to do it right, and there's a way that, 
that you can still do it, but you're going to be there four times as long. And you're, you're, you're sort of siphoned out of that though, because you've got to deal with 15 other targets and, and you just have to be smarter about things eventually. And see, that's the key difference though. And like in Doom Eternal, you have other things to focus on. And this one, they'll literally stop everything and it's this enemy. And that's it. Uh, okay. And so you just have to fight this stupid mini boss type enemy that's got one way of dying and then it appears multiple times. And you're just like, oh my God yeah. almighty, I don't want to play it. It's like the gravity well, man. Like, you know, that's what it is. Like the Strider 2 gravity well kind of thing. Remember that? How it's like it appears and you're just like, this isn't hard, but uh, except it's worse because at least in the gravity well, you could do a couple cool things with that. <laughs> uh, but in this one, it has like a real specific pattern. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, how soon is that going to be? Because I've I've just done the yellow trichroma stuff, and I've just opened the cave after the desert you bit with the horse. How close am I to this road bump? Oh, I think you're extremely you're close. I think. Um, okay. From what I remember, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, yeah, maybe you're like an hour or so away from it. Maybe um, it's it's hard for me to exactly remember, but you're you're getting there. You're getting pretty close. Yeah, I just I don't like this game. <laughs> Just, I just don't like this you game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like the story. I don't like any of it. <laughs> I like the art. That's it. <laughs> the art and the music. The music's really wonderful. Uh, the music is good. Yeah, I do like the music, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that, that's everything that I've played. Um, Paolo, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. Do you want to tell us what you've been playing this week? Starting off with what everyone's excited about, Picross E4. <laughs> yeah, it is Picross. Moving on. Um... <laughs> Um, still playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. This time, I remembered to buy my turnip. Hey. And I was releasing a screenshot in our group chat this morning, saying I remembered this week. It was like 15 minutes just before I left my island, and I was like, oh no, the turnips! <laughs> and I have to hurry up to turn on the suite and get through Isabel's, um, Isabel's like, intro, and then run all over my island to find my after dropping everything in my inventory uh so yeah hopefully i get a profit that game is the uh, most stressful relaxing game i've ever seen <laughs> yeah it is um hopefully i actually like make a profit and the prices don't like just drop overnight and i ended up like like losing money that would be horrible so yeah that's animal crossing this week i've also been playing Diabolic Lovers, and I finished one of the routes, and I got what is supposed to be the good ending. I thought you were on the worst route. Yeah, the good ending for the worst oh, uh, I see. route. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, like, so uh, for anyone who wants to play this game, the, the character that has a teddy bear is bad news. <laughs> like, don't get near him. Teddy's Just don't. <laughs> I mean, that's good advice um, for life, really, isn't it? Any adult who still carries a teddy bear around probably avoid. <laughs> like, uh, the, the overall like, consensus is that as a character, it is interesting, but you don't want to be near that interesting character. Like, and the worst thing is, is that, um, it's kind of the best worst thing because Lively Glowers is one of those uh, few uh, visual novel Ojama games that have like the little portrait of the heroine. Uh, visible at all times. Uh, which, by the way, Dewey has been like such a. I really like her as a protagonist, and I think like mm, uh, if you insert like any other kind of protagonist in this game, they would be dead like real quick. What hurts the most is that uh, at least during this route, 
you can like slowly see you like spiraling like uh in this like mental place that is just not okay <laughs> uh just to conserve her life the game actually throws like a couple of breadcrumbs to you like hey the plot is going like this way and keep playing to to know more and i'm actually like interested because like i still don't know why uh her father sent her there because i am sure that he knew uh, that house was full of vampires i like there's no way he didn't know so yeah that was a little bit um hopefully i get to the other routes and hopefully um we can only go up from here but in a happier game i also been playing like i realized wintertime miracles but the english version this time mm. and it has been such a joy because uh this is like a fan disc like the second fan disc for the original like, uh, game garden of rivert which means it kind of takes place after that game but there's like an extra chapter that kind of takes place in between certain chapters of the original game that don't but don't have like any impact on the overall story honestly this when you when i saw this i made me think of like the beauty and the beast like christmas special thing where it's like beauty and the beast christmas time fun like that sort of thing i'm like do these games just have all these random little like anyway it's just a whole different world for me like i'm just trying to imagine like halo wintertime fun you know <laughs> it's just this is definitely an otome based thing <laughs> yeah like i don't know it's like i don't know what you're imagining <laughs> like uh but i mean it is a fantasy so it's like mm-hmm. here take some fan service nice um so like so far i finished uh the uh other story cantarela and that was an absolute joy and i think i enjoyed it more than the mafia officer story sorry the mafia side story on future blessings and i think i'm gonna uh, talk about like about it like in more detail like next week when i actually finish it but nice i also finished the two after stories that are for a uh, two other characters that were like introduced in the last game and right now i'm going through the christmas specials i am like halfway in the fourth one yeah uh and they're like five in total and those are like super sweet like well there there are some that have like this kind of bittersweet like tints on them <laughs> but overall like they're like oh you wanted sugar you wanted like cavities diabetes here take it mm-hmm. and i just been like saving the best one for last so sorry like i've been playing this game like with a stupid green in my face like all the time <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even touched the new content that they did for Switch, but and this is like purely fan service because it's like uh, kind of like a pitch chapter with each character, mm. and you unlock them after finishing like the route. And I'm kind of curious because I haven't seen anyone talking about this, like anyone in the Otome community. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe I, I figured. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what this game specifically, or like? Huh? Oh, this for, uh, for this version of the game specifically. Right, right, right. Because it has a special Switch thing. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So what have you been playing, Alex? Oh, yes. Well, uh, I've been playing Gravity Rush. I've just kind of been playing it, like, you know, in little bursts. Like, I'll just play, like, a mission here and there, which it, it kind of works nicely for that. Um, yeah and you know like because of the mission structure of it like i'm probably about a third of the way through i think there's like 20 something missions and i'm I'm at like eight or nine or something like that uh and i'm really liking it so far it's just kind of fun interesting goofy good time 
Uh, like I mentioned, I'm playing Halo 3. Just gotten through a couple missions in it. I love that game so much. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm also playing Outriders right now, which I have to say, it's a good game. I mean, like, I, I see people sort of clowning on it a little bit as if they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like Destiny Light or something. And I'm like, listen to me. Destiny is a fucking hellscape. Wait, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> for a game simulator yeah there you go well like i just i don't know like look i i glanced over at destiny and it made me want to shit myself i was like what the hell is that game even doing i'm like there's like six thousand fucking campaigns and i'm like i don't even want to try downloading it because they're just going to tell me to buy 30 million other things and i'm like i don't even i don't i don't want in you know um and from what i've heard people describe is that in 2021 they gutted the main campaign so like it's gone and it's like replaced with other things. Some of the old like uh, extra campaigns are gone too. Yeah, I was about to say what they've basically been doing is, and I I wouldn't touch that game with a barge pod just because like I've barely got enough time to keep up with single player and Rocket League and Fall <laughs> Guys and Warzone. Like I just don't need another live service game in my life. But my understanding is that they've essentially been sunsetting parts yeah. of old campaigns and DLCs ostensibly to make their life developing easier but they've not really added much new stuff to it mm -hmm. so you can't even cushion the blow with oh look at the new shiny because it, it basically all that's happening is sorry you can't touch that but you've already paid for anymore yeah which obviously went down like lukewarm sick yeah as it would but the, the yeah, nice so thing with outriders is that there's none of that shit i mean there's no there's no microtransaction anything like there's no live service anything in it it's just like yeah you have to be connected now i've heard that people had like issues connection issues now i look i always wait when a game that i know has like live things i'm just like bruh don't play it the first week it's on game pass you can wait and so i waited and then you know about a week later i logged on and i've had zero problems um and it's really fun. I don't understand. I have to play it now. I know, right? They're like, no, but no. And I was like, you didn't even pay for it, man. Just relax. You know, like that game is not going away. Um, so uh, the story is dumb. I mean, it's actually really interesting setup first. Like, I, I think the setup is cool. Honestly, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what Mass Effect Andromeda was going for. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, basically. Right? Um, but probably better than Mass Effect Andromeda, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but, like... Um, or of similar quality. But, like, it has, like, Mass Effect 3's sort of combat stylings, right? Where it's, like, you know, third person, but you have these really cool, I would argue, like, biotic powers. I mean, like, I'm playing as the Trickster, which is so fucking dope. You basically um, have these, like, crowd control abilities but they're also about like so if you kill someone in close range as the trickster you get health so the game is all about launch yourself in because you have like this one move that'll like teleport you right to an enemy fucking blast them with a shotgun or like slice them with this like temporal blade that you have that turns everyone into skeletons and they explode and you're like yes <laughs> but the problem is if you get if you get like fucking gang waved by everyone you got to get the hell out of there so it's like you're playing this game of like like for for a cover shooter i've very rarely been in cover like i've just been going through blasting people off blasting their heads off now of course some of the other classes could be different um but you can play this totally on your own i think this is probably a lot more fun with friends but like i'm really enjoying it on my own kind of in the same vein as like borderlands right like you can play that game by yourself but it's probably a bit more fun with friends though i would argue this is a better single player experience than something like borderlands 3 
um, because there actually is enough of a story to keep you in- interested. Rick, you look like you want to jump on something. Yeah, yeah I, it's a Square <laughs> Enix problem where they can't fucking let you not log into their single player game because they keep they've been yeah. with Hitman as well. IO have continued it since they've um, dissociated from Square Enix, but it just seems to be a Square Enix thing. There is no justification for single player content being playable, not being playable without an internet connection. Apart from anything else, because you're essentially putting an expiry date on your game. Same as all the stuff going around yeah. about the CMOS batteries on the PlayStation 3, 4, 5. There just shouldn't be like a, a time bomb in your game. That isn't a thing that you should do. And it's something that, at least with Outriders, people are feeling it. And that's sort of being talked about publicly. Hitman, it feels like they just sort of got away with it. And that's probably part of why Outriders yeah. is the discussion that's being had. It's just stupid, apart from scummy, apart from everything else. And I wish they wouldn't. I've got that off my chest now. You can no, that's fair. I mean, like I said, I don't like love it either. I feel like I can actually give them a pass only because it's not for some kind of like microtransaction-y reason. It's basically just so that you can drop them in. The problem, no. Bad Alex. No, well, I don't know. I get it though, because it's like they want people to be able to drop in and out of uh, out of their game as you're going. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't love it, but like, I get it. But the reality is, I'm not someone who's going to buy these games. I'm playing it because of Game Pass. You know what I mean? Like, I don't buy Hitman. I don't yeah, play Hitman. Discussion. That's fair. Yeah, you know, right? So, like, I, I'm with you. I hear you. I'm like definitely not. But and then I'm also just like, I don't really care. I just want to shoot some aliens. <laughs> I don't uh, really even own the game. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I'm like, I. I like this game has an expiry date for me and it's 15 hours <laughs> like that's you know like i'm beating it and putting it on the shelf <laughs> uh anyway all that aside i'm also started playing everhood which is on sale right now on the eShop. uh it is a rhythm oh okay this game is fucking crazy so uh it's i don't it's undertale the rhythm game is kind of the best oh, way i can you, describe this yeah yeah it is hard like the rhythm segments they this is one of the first games i've ever seen where when you boot it up and you go in to pick your difficulty it starts going hard and it's like this is how the game's supposed to be played like it's like you you can go normal if you want man but like genuinely we optimize this game to play on hard and i recommend it because like it's never felt too difficult um you, you're basically on this like track that has like five lanes coming and you're this little guy who looks like gino from super mario rpg except he's red he's a little wooden guy and you can jump you can move side to side and you can jump and you have to avoid all of these like glowing things that are coming at you from the the enemies um basically the system works is that three hits you're dead but when you get hit if you get hit twice you can if you uh, manage to avoid things your health will regenerate so it's kind of this strategic game of like, shit, I got hit here. Okay, I got to avoid for a little bit. Now I'm back to full health. Okay, I got to keep going. And it's really about learning the bosses, not necessarily their patterns, because there will be segments where you're just kind of like, whoa, and like trying to get away from everything. But it really rewards you for like persistently trying to go and like relearn it. And it lets you retry really fast, like just from the the get-go. And I find that the the levels are long for sure. But like they're, they seem strategically so in the sense that like, when you start to get really far thus far in something, you'll either hit a checkpoint, which isn't very often, but sometimes you'll hit a checkpoint. Or when you're like really near the end, it doesn't tend to do that thing where it like launches something crazy hard at you to kill you. It kind of rewards you for being like, good job, man, you got this far. And it, it feels like it eases up a bit. Or maybe I'm just getting better. It's hard to know. But what I have to say is it's balanced nicely. 
um, on the hard difficulty. So if someone, if you pick this up, I really recommend trying it on hard first, because I think you might be tempted to try it on like easy or on normal, but I think you're really losing out on part of the experience if you do that. Um, but like, no problem. If you just want to experience the cool songs and the fun flashy shit, like go to town. But um, just try first, try the hard first, because you might be surprised with it. But anyway, really cool game. And I've been playing it in bursts a little bit. It's 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 a bit confusing what the hell's going on, but you know, it's, it's kind of undertaily. And and I will say one thing that a little bit bothers me is like those games that are trying to be a little too clever sometimes. There are moments where I'm like, bruh, don't try to be so clever. Just tell me your story. Um, but there's not that many yet. So anyway, that's Everhood. And the last one that I'm playing that is actually surprising me a lot is Lufia the Legend Returns on the Game Boy Color. This is an RPG, but it's an interesting RPG. So you have 12 teammates, basically. Um, well, you can get a lot of a lot of teammates. Um, and you have this, like, square. And um, so far, I only have, like, three of them. But you can, like, rearrange them all in different orders. You, like, learn all these... Uh, you learn spells at, like, churches and stuff. And, like, you have... You pick up these, like, ancient texts that you, like... It's, like, it's it's got such complicated systems for the Game of Color. But they're also, like, kind of easy to understand, surprisingly enough. And the story is actually, like, it's, like, pretty funny. Like, the game's, like, genuinely pretty funny. And to the point where, like, it really surprised me. Because I thought... I honestly thought I was going to pick this game up and go... That's another one of those long goddamn Game Boy RPGs. I'm not going to do anything. But then I noticed I just keep being like, I kind of want to explore a little more, I think. And it has procedurally generated dungeons. Yeah, no, (laughs) it sounds like that. But it actually is pretty interesting because you can avoid all the monsters because you see the monsters on the screen and the monsters only move when you move. It's a bit like Cave Noir. So while it's... uh, like a Shred and the Wonder and like a, mm-hmm. like a mystery dungeon type game where yeah. it's synchronized with okay. But you have an actual good like story on it. So even if they're randomly generated, yeah, sometimes <laughs> they seem a little similar. What? Pew pew, shots fired. Uh, oh yeah, well, the Pokemon <laughs> mystery dungeon games are trash. I don't even care. Come at me. Um, there's a game I hate that people like. <laughs> the foreshadowing what we're about to jump to. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like... I don't know. It's just interesting. I will recommend if you want to play this game, there is uh, go to ROM hacking because they have a a hack that fixes some of the translation. Because I think apparently some of the translation was pretty jank and like there were some typos and stuff. And as I've been playing it with this patch, it, it it reads wonderfully and it's very funny. Sometimes things are a little awkwardly phrased, but not badly at all. Um, but overall, it's just like all the care like the two character main characters have real personality and like are pretty funny like the hero's kind of just like yeah my hero you know he's like i'm gonna go hero things and they're like dude you need to calm down (laughs) you know like he's just like the two gung-ho hero and he's with this companion who's just like you're an idiot like just slow down and like i love the characterization for a game Boy color game and so anyway i'm really enjoying it 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 surprised the shit out of me i thought i was gonna pop it down like almost immediately but complex um and like really deep systems in it and an intriguing story and it's always different when you enter a dungeon so i'm like at random battles are only on the overworld i mean that's fucking great it's like i hate random battles <laughs> uh, so anyway that's what i've been playing i'm playing a shit ton of stuff too much stuff you wouldn't know you got exams on it yeah well, no this should actually tell you i have exams on because i'm clearly doing everything except studying right uh, I don't want to study. Right, isn't it? It is. Um, so anyway, why don't we go on to the topic of the week that you mentioned there, Rick, and I just alluded to. Yeah, yeah. This was, I think, like kind of a shot at you. <laughs> Not really. I'll take that. Shot. It's a fair shot to take. But I think we uh, all yeah, have um, this. Yeah. You want to explain it, Rick? We all have this. We, 
we don't all have mm-hmm. low-key reputations just for like being a <laughs> things that other people love uh yeah so we we thought we might talk a little bit about uh both games that are critically acclaimed and loved and what have you that we just don't like uh and then also maybe go on and have a quick chat about the inverse so games that didn't really get loved critically or commercially but we think are great so if we start <laughs> or we like first, <laughs> yeah or, or we like or we like let's, some let's i can't say are great <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if we if we um, if we start with the first part, the games other people love that we don't. Mm-hmm. I have a reputation about it to the point that community member Ashgazer <laughs> has put together a little site with uh, just some of the games um, that I didn't like. What Sometimes is- along with quotes and c- comparisons to the actual um, like review scores. So, for example, Super Mario World. I said I think on this podcast a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Playing Super Mario World in 2020 felt like eating a Rivita cracker in video game form. <laughs> I also said that Brutal. I preferred Rayman 3 to it, the GBA version, which is a side-scrolling platformer, because, and I quote, Rayman 3 at least has some personality to it. I can hear <laughs> Tiamat crying. <laughs> There's just a tear <laughs> dropping it, in front in Quebec. <laughs> the, the beauty of the site is that it shows that quote, and then underneath it says, game rankings, 94%. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, so we've, just, oh, sorry, yeah. I was gonna say we've all admitted, like you know, I've ranted and raved about Divinity: Original Sin and how I too, and how I think that's a jackass game that's stupid. But I know that lots of people love it, and like <laughs> we've heard Paula's Pokemon. Pokemon Serenity on Persona Five. Yeah, which Persona Five is. It lasts not in Persona Five again. Yeah, yeah. I went to run for another couple of hours. Is Persona Five a game? No, anyway, sorry. Let's keep going. <laughs> No, but the royal version is. Yeah, that's the one that is. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so if I just rattle really quickly through mine and then give the floor to you two for this, because I've got another eight on this page. Um, oh, so yeah. Metal, Metal Gear Solid 2, um, I found the controls to be awkward and the story completely nonsensical. <laughs> also, fuck that game for needing four buttons to fire a gun. That's just stupid. Uh, Metacritic, 96%. <laughs> um, Uncharted's one through three. I actually don't dislike these. I just think they're only like six, seven out of ten sort of action games rather than the sort of masterpieces that everyone generally thinks they are. Ocarina of Time, cover your ears, pal. <laughs> I, uh, I've tried to play that game four times, I think. Once on the N64 and then like three more on the 3DS remake of that game. Um, and I, it's just never clicked with me. I think it's one of those where if you got a 64 when it came out and you played it and you loved it, it probably worked for that. Coming to it after the fact, it didn't work for me. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing I felt mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy VII, where it's just slow, and it's like cardboard cutout figures sort of plodding around a world. And it, <laughs> it's not even necessarily that it's bad, it's just that I didn't have the patience for it. Then Eco and Shadow of the Colossus are joined together. The quote on the site is, those games are five out of tens with a moody paint job and a story incomprehensibly wanky enough to get journalists swooning over them. And I stand by every word with that. All right, man, I'm with you on Shadow of the Colossus. I've I've tried playing that game a couple times, and I'm just like, fuck this game. (laughs) Everyone's like, the size of scale. And I'm like, just play Spider-Man. Go go to the Empire State Building. (laughs) If you want fucking scale, I don't know. Uh, What are you saying, Palestine? Oh, uh, I wanted to comment real quick, like on your Ocarina of Time comment. Like, okay. I like that game. I don't love it, like most mm. people do, mainly because of the world feeling a little bit too apparent for my uh, for my taste. And I will die on this hill saying, "My Mask is the better game overall." Like, 
very much in every single way. Hmm. There's probably plenty of people that agree with you on that, to be fair. Majora's Mask gets a lot of love. Although, interestingly, seemingly not the 3DS port. Apparently, they uh, bought quite a few things with that one. And then... I don't know. I played sorry, it. And I played the 3DS one. And, like, look, I don't know. If you're obsessed with the N64 version, then, yeah, I guess they botched a lot of things. But if you're just a casual player, you're not going to fucking notice anything. Like... Uh, I'm just being real here. The 3DS version brings so much like uh, quality of life improvements to the table that you can like pretty much like um forgive a couple of things they botch. Yeah, I think it was like the water jump was one of the ones they did kind of botch, but anyway, what is fine. Uh, and apparently the swimming as well, but yeah, I'm not yeah, mainly the swimming. Yeah, I'm not a fan of either of those games. I beat them both, but the the reason I'm not a fan is just because I'm I just didn't grow up with them. You know, I, Wind Waker was my intro, and it's just hard to go back. Yeah, 100%. So three more very quickly. These are all really sacred. So the first one is like OG Doom from 1990, whatever it was. Mm. Um, it, and it's this is truly one where it's going back. So I'd played 2016. I'd played Eternal. And it's not that the engine was bad. It's just that the level design and the lighting was obnoxious. <laughs> and it's really frustrating as, as someone who's played better and things that have come after it to go back to. That can't be said for either of these last two. The first one is Super Mario Galaxy, which I said there. I thought it was okay to good. More a matter of personal taste and thinking the straight up, the game straight up isn't incredible. I think it's mm-hmm. fine. Metacritic says 97%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last one is Skyrim, uh, which I just didn't connect with. I didn't find it remotely engaging. So like, I played the intro, like the, oh, so you're awake, yada, yada. Um, I went through like the, the introductory sort of mini dungeon and then got out into the forest. It's just like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't really care. It, mm. it just didn't, it didn't work for me. I found the melee combat to be a bit pish. I didn't really want to stick around to find out if the archery or the magic was any better. Skyrim's interesting because I think, you know, I was into it because I was obsessed with Oblivion. I still think Oblivion's right. a better game. Personally, it definitely won't hold up like Skyrim does. I mean, that I can guarantee that. But I just think since I already knew what that was sort of about, you can kind of get into that with Skyrim a little bit. You know, like Skyrim requires a mood. It requires a kind of, I don't know, you just got to be ready for it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can see how you would have bounced off on that pretty easy because I've tried to go back to Skyrim many times and I've bounced off every time. It was a one and done mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Just can't get back into it because once you've explored that world, it's like, world's done, man, you know? <laughs> that's probably a you thing, though, because somebody's buying all those ports. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, that, well, that's probably, you know, me and everyone who played Skyrim who buys it with the intention of playing it again and then you never fucking play it again. <laughs> yeah, again, you're the problem. Stop it. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, a game that I couldn't really like getting into was The Witcher 3. Hmm. Ooh, tell us more. At least the, the the part of the game that I got to play, like, I played the PS4 version. I have a base play- PS4, by the way. I don't know how it looks on the Pro, but it looks muddy. It looks so muddy. I don't like it. Like, hmm. I already have, like, eyesight problems, but for uh. some reason... The game is, I don't know if it's the palette. I don't know if it's like a lower resolution on the PS4, but it is really hard to see, like, different, distinguish, but like the, the, some things that are on the foreground, the background, or like, sometimes I can't even see they're all like on the background. Uh, so that may be like a mural in that side, but also I didn't quite found the world that interesting. Hmm. That's fair. Um, it might be like just I do prefer like more like colorful, more fantasy stuff. But 
You're actually probably um, like. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say the the it, expansion to that game actually is like very colorful and gorgeous and beautiful. Like the the blood wine. I mean, I want to give it a try again, like on PC, because like I think I got it like either for like a dollar or for free. Oh, nice. Or both. <laughs> Uh, so maybe I can actually like get behind like the the resolution thing on the PC because like I really like if you compare the PC version to the PS4 version, the PS4 version uh, looks bad, like real, real bad. <laughs> That's always uh, gonna be that in fairness. That's always gonna be. Mm. You just so again. It is bad. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't even begin to describe like how different they look. Hmm. Um, I guess I just never noticed it. I don't know. But uh, other game good. that I oh sorry no, other game ahead. that I didn't connect but I want to give it another chance on a higher difficulty is Fireman Three Houses. Mm. I heard people singing praises about the game, how it is like one of the best games of all time. It, it is not <laughs> like the the other Fireman's that I play is like battle after battle after battle with. Uh, snippets of story like in between and in three houses you have like these um sections that i don't like that are like persona-esque where you uh, meet people and level up their stats and stuff and it just doesn't like really mesh well with the tactical rpg side of things and because it the tactical side of things it is gone if there's no weapon triangle everything is like super easy so i've been told to just put it in a higher difficulty and maybe that will fix it honestly probably. i don't know man i don't know <laughs> yeah um, it's not gonna add the weapon triangle back in is it that's the thing yeah mm-hmm. I, still, I still can't believe they took that out that baffles me as an outsider uh, personally yeah, i don't know why. it kind of makes sense when you play the yeah. game i don't know i i i, I kind of like a little it works i'll, I'll jump in quick with with to mine katamari damasi i i don't like that game i mean i tried i really tried i know a lot of people sort of enjoy it but it's just kind of bland and like the controls aren't great and so it's it's interesting but i just I bounced off it so fast i was just like eh. um, this one might piss some people off but metroid prime does not hold up at all and i just that game i have okay Bear with me for a second, because I'm going to go on a rant for a second here. I have serious, serious issues with this game, especially after playing the 2D Metroids. Because the fundamental thing with Metroidvanias, and Metroids in general, is this whole concept of its exploration, combat, and, you know, upgrades, right? Exploration is fucking trash in a first-person perspective. It removes all of the momentum from the game. And, like, in the first person, you just fucking... And I played it on the Wii, which is easily the optimal way to play it. I can't even imagine what that game is like to play on the GameCube. It must be slow as shit. And, like, I think people, you know, look back on it with, like, fond goggles. Everyone's always like, can't wait for Metroid Prime 4. Like, oh, I want the Metroid Prime collection. And I'm like, if you motherfuckers got the Metroid Prime collection, I think 30, 80% of you are going to be like, I'm going to play it. And you're going to play it. And you're going to bounce off in like three minutes because you're like oh yeah <laughs> games come That's a long way when you look beyond goggles right <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is and like i just it's not that fun it's barren like as you're going through it it's barren often confusing sometimes there's very little direction the platforming's no i hate first person platforming i'm like where am i jumping 
God only knows, right? It's like every jump is like, take me, Jesus. You know, like that's like basically what you're doing. And you're just hoping you're going to land on the goddamn platform. And you can like look with your fucking gun, but you're like, ah, like going up. And I just, I hate that so much. And like, oh, Jesus, shooting the enemies is fun, I guess. But that's because light gun games have always been fun. So like, I, like, I don't know. I just. You liked Mirror's Edge though, right? Mirror's Edge? Yeah. Talking about first person platforming. I like Mirror's Edge enough, but I also like Mirror's Edge because Mirror's Edge is based around the platforming and like it makes it obvious and it has incredible contextual clues and it is all about optimizing it, right? Like um, most of the buttons are about traversal. So like in that sense, I enjoy it. But even then, Mirror's Edge is an extremely linear and like enclosed sort of thing. It's actually where as much as I was enjoying my playthrough of Catalyst, the open world aspect of it was a bit rougher for me. Like I was like, mm, okay, but you know, the linearity of it works well. It's just, well, in this one, it's dope, you know? <laughs> and of course you eventually get other upgrades, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's that good. I think it was good at the time. I think now it's mediocre at best. And at worst, it's boring. It's just boring. And like, I tried getting into it. And like, the reality is it doesn't change much between the second and third. It's the same goddamn shit. Um, different title, you know? So I don't know. I just, I know everyone's like clamoring for it, but like, no. Now I'd be down for a third person Metroid. I think that could be interesting. I could like, frankly, like, um, Tomb fucking Raider. hell. No, Tomb Raider. That's what I'm talking about. Should be fucking Tomb Raider. Should be same as Aaron. Fucking going around doing Tomb Raider shit. Like, come on. It's like, it's there. It's so there. It's so there. Um, it's like right it's right there. Uh, anyway, but like <laughs> that's a good segue though, because actually, yeah. if we if we move on, if you haven't got anything else to go on, on that bit, no, I'm done. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I'm pissed off people out. <laughs> when we talk about games that other people hated, but I actually quite like, hmm. one that I can't believe I hadn't thought of until you brought it up is Metroid Other End. Hmm. I actually thought that game was okay. The story is horrific. Gotcha. Before anyone jumps in the comments down below while they're liking and subscribing, uh, it's coming at. <laughs> Um, I, I think the story is horrific, but the gameplay, despite being hamstrung by sort of no analog input, the gameplay is pretty fun. And I, I like to imagine a world where they hadn't limited themselves to a sideways Wiimote and, mm. um, you could aim with the IR pointer, but mm. have 360 motion with the analog stick and just do it with all the button inputs that way. Mm. I think that game could have transcended the story, even if you don't not touch that at the slightest mm-hmm. and been fucking incredible as it is. It's pretty good. Hmm. Um, I'm just I'm glad it wasn't my first Metroid because I think the story possibly could have put me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then another one that that sort of comes up from what you were saying is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, which I gave a six out of ten, <laughs> but I had I had an okay time with it. I played the um, that's fair. The, I played the original on DS, and I think that's probably one where I was at the right age. I was like in my early teens. I didn't mind mm. getting into it and and plugging through. I think it's the only Pokemon I played as a child. Uh, it wasn't really even a Pokemon game. Like, it's just <laughs> wow, that's the only Pokemon you played as a kid. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I've, I've still haven't gone back to Soul Silver, have I? That's uh, uh, that's gonna be a thing when I get back to it. So I've I've got eight hours of progress I need to build on on that. To be, um, I, sorry, go on. I was gonna say to be fair with you, like one of my games is basically what you're describing. Like it is, obje- well, I can't say objectively, but like subjectively, it's a bad game. Like it, it's it is a bad game. But like the Scorpion King, Rise of the Acadian. <laughs> 
<laughs> I doubt any of you have heard of this, but you remember the Scorpion King? It was the fucking the one with the rock, right? Um, and they made a game on the GameCube of this, and it is just a terrible, terrible third-person brawler uh, kind of action adventure game. But like, I really had fun with it as a kid. I was like, throwing you know these like big pots at assholes' heads and like get your sword and you're like smashing people and like. It's not a good game. Like, nobody go please and play this on my recommendation because you'll be like, what the hell were you smoking? And nothing. I was just an impressionable child. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, it was a fun game. And the other one is Mass Effect Andromeda, which I'll pair this with Dragon Age 2. Both those games, get, I think, get shat on. And I, I think the critiques are 100% totally deserving and, like, make perfect sense, especially with Andromeda. I'm like, all the critiques made of Andromeda, I'm like, yes, I agree. But also, I like <laughs> You know, I just like, do you know what I mean? I just, I just enjoyed the game and I didn't, I also didn't get hit by any of the weird like glitches and shit that a lot of people got hit with with Andromeda. So I kind of had maybe your experience with Cyberpunk with it, where it was like, nothing went wrong for me. So as I played the game, I was like, eh, it's a little empty. It's not as good as the other Mass Effects, but it was more Mass Effect. And so I was just kind of happy with it, you know? Um, and albeit in mm. Cyberpunk's defense, like a bug free playthrough of Andromeda is no way what a bug free playthrough of Cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Like, I played. I agree. With that. Andromeda. It's not. It's not a good game, even without bugs, because I didn't have any. Well, see, th- this is the thing. I think it's a good game. I don't think it's it's a great game. Um, it's probably. I think it's. I think it's straddling the line of medi- mediocre good. You know, it's like right there. It's like right on that little yeah. area. Um, Firmly under mediocre, but we can agree to disagree. Yeah, but that's the point of this segment. <laughs> I didn't like that. I did. <laughs> Uh, what about you paula um i'm trying to think because like there are a lot of games that aren't like very well known or haven't been played by a lot of people comparing with uh compared with other games of the of the franchise Mm -hmm. uh but they don't have like horrible reviews so i am not quite sure if i should put them on the (laughs) section okay fuck it so Fifth generation of Pokemon, um, kind of, um, came out when people were already, like, kind of trained with the franchise. And also, they kind of did a kind of soft reboot because they pretty much, uh, got rid of the national Pokedex and tried to make this game with only, like, the original Pokemon. Which, um, fifth gen, sorry. Oh, which one's uh, Black and White. Right, okay. Oh, those ones, okay. And these games often are, overlooked but they are actually like pretty good like first in terms of difficulty they're like pretty solid in the the story for a pokemon game it's actually like a pretty good story and it has like this epic feeling like especially like the newer games don't have and i don't know like overall like they must be like on the on my top three pokemon games uh right hmm. uh, mean- with x and y with is also like um what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of people said that uh X and Y was the beginning of the end of Pokemon in a way. Oh man, I loved X and Y. I got my Charizard back. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other two games that I like I I love but I lo- a lot of people don't are Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valencia because it is a remake of the Black Sheep Gaiden. Mm. But uh, between, like, the story, because you play, like, as these two characters, so you pretty much are managing two armies uh, that eventually, like, uh, join, like, in the middle of the story. 
or mm. near the end of the story, really. I really enjoyed the story of that game. I really enjoyed the cast of characters. Nice. The battles were awesome. And especially after Fates, that was like kind of a downgrade from Awakening. It was a very refreshing, very fun. And finally, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. It is one of the most polarizing games in the franchise for some reason. Uh, part of the reason is emotion controls. The, the other part of the reason is the linearity of your game. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you kind of like revisit uh, some areas of the game over and over. Though with a different landscape each time. Uh, I don't know why so much hate because of the linearity. But And by the way, like I get it. Like Part of the sky feels kind of empty at times. But it is not as linear of a game as people say it is because there's actually a lot of side content and also in my opinion like this incarnation like I think it's Zelda and uh, the characters along them are like uh, some of the best the series has to offer in my opinion hmm. again I will agree to disagree <laughs> but I guess that's the point <laughs> thanks awesome I've got two quick ones to throw oh, in just oh, before all right. yeah, throw them in yeah we gotta move on um Disaster Dave Crisis for the Wii. Not a good game, but I had a good time with it. Nice. And um, Dirge of Cerberus, which is uh, the Final Fantasy VII spin-off. Weird third-person shooter. Pretty good. Yeah, but you're like, into those I, kind of games. Yeah, I kind <laughs> of am. But it, it's weird sort of knowing roughly how the story of Final Fantasy VII goes, but not really having a, a, mm. an investment in the franchise. I still had a great time with that. Nice. And I thought it came together quite nicely as a as a... So what you're saying, good but not great, like a 7 out of 10. Mm. But sometimes that's what you yeah. want. <laughs> sometimes that is what you want, exactly. Yeah. Well, tell us the games that, if you don't agree with any of our games or not, let us know what you think. <laughs> um, let's head off to our question of the week from Nalb. I'm assuming the K is silent. Has there ever been any part of a game you've been enjoying that you found so aggravating that you dropped the game? And he gives a little anecdote here. I recently completed... <laughs> quotations uh, octopath traveler where the only thing i really missed was the end boss this is due to the end boss being rather difficult but the main reason was that to reach the end boss you have to fight the same eight boss gauntlet to every attempt at the boss oh that's obnoxious uh there's no save point between the gauntlet and the final boss for this reason i dropped trying to beat the end boss yeah i feel you on that one <laughs> i dropped that game really early because i just got bored but um uh, this actually made me think of one example, uh, Grindstone recently. I really liked that game, but then I got to this part where what you had to do in it was like basically, because you have to like chain combos, but you had to chain combos and push this like square thing into this like fucking hole, but it also had to go across a river that had a moving platform and it, it like moved every level. So you weren't sure if you're going to be able to get enough guys in a row. And I was just like, this is fucking obnoxious. And I just completely quit that game. I was like, I'm done. Which is a shame because that game's great. But I was like, peace out. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you guys. Um, for me, it would be like a game that is actually like super popular right now, and a lot of people love it. And I was out about to list it like in the in the topic uh, part of the podcast, but I decided to save for this part because Genshin Impact. Mm. Uh, I swear, I was enjoying that game so much. Like, uh, okay, you had like this um, battle mechanic that actually was kind of solid uh, for a while. It started to get repetitive after after a while um but 
as long as you like keep switching the characters, um, it doesn't really go uh, grow old because like, um, especially when you unlock the ability to invite people to um, your world or going to another person's world, the multiplayer is like kind of like one of the best parts of the game. The problem is the uh, first the story unlocks uh, as they release it, but also you have to be a certain level to keep playing the story, which is bullshit. Yeah. And I'll keep saying it is bullshit. Not <laughs> only that, but uh, one thing that really started like annoying me after a while, uh, first, uh, how you get the characters is with this gacha system. Mm. But it is it isn't like even connected like to the lore of the game or the story of the game or however you want to call it because it is not like incentively where uh, you can get these uh, gacha crystals uh, that have the the blades and okay that makes sense like within the universe or it isn't like any other rpg where people start joining your party via the story and via having like a reason to join your party the thing is in genshin you can have characters you haven't met yet in your party. And sometimes you have to go to the cities to ask that character a thing, even though they are in your party. So there's already this disconnection. And you can literally, like, fuck up to this Kaya guy using your own Kaya guy. And this, like, Kaya sucking to Kaya. And I have no idea what just... you just said. Basically, <laughs> 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 it's the gaming equivalent of the Spider-Man meme where he's pointing at himself. No, okay, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it makes no sense. I was like, I was listening intently, but I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is that um, they have this like banner system where they have characters like in rotation. So even if you've been like, if you're a new player, if you miss the banner, you're screwed. You can't get the character mm. uh, until the next time it, it appears. And I'm like, okay, I hate this. And I get they are trying to get me to play like every day, but I don't want to play this goddamn game every day. I like spending like eight hours in a game, like one day and then forgetting for it uh, about it for a week and then come back to, to play another eight hours in the game and not only that this game has like this to-do list every single day and the, the missions start to repeat uh, after a while and i'm like fuck this i don't want to play this game anymore it has too many quirks that i don't like and they just kept piling up like mm. over uh, the month i was playing over the month i was playing but but you're and forgetting, Paola, if you don't come back every day, you're not as likely to spend money. Spend money, Paola. <laughs> Buy the thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, if, uh, if they would only have, like, finished the game and, like, make, like, a cohesive thing and ship it at, at the price, like, uh, $60 full game for the story, I would actually have bought it. As, I, I uh, you know, they've already oh. made a billion. It's not happening. 
they, this is I know, I know it's not happening, but it just have like so many annoying stuff over the stuff of like and and I don't know. I just I'm just sad because I really wanted to enjoy that game because a lot of my friends and my boyfriend were playing it. So it was like, oh, this is a game we can all play together. And I'm like, no, fuck this game. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> How about you? <laughs> uh, so two immediately spring to mind. Um and it's weird for someone who's, who's so readily retiring games. I, I I don't really have any sort of sacred cows. I'm comfortable to throw it almost immediately. Generally, there's always three or four things wrong with a game that I retire. But there are two specific examples that jumped out. The first one, or in fact, I'm looking at my tires now. Let's make three. So I'll make them really quick. The first one um, is Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. I loved the mechanics. I loved the combat system. I was quite compelled by the story. But there's a really annoying sort of countdown clock system, which is like your dragon meter. And there's a few different ways it can deplete but one of those ways is just like every time you take a few steps and every time you take a turn in battle and the idea is they want you to play through a few times and pick up the story and it a full run of the game would only take seven or eight hours but when i played the game which was like maybe 14 15 years old i just wanted to play the game i didn't want to play the game and then play the game again and it it, i didn't know how long it was going to take or, or how short it was going to be rather and it was just so disheartening the first time that meter counted up and crushed me it's just like oh fuck this so mm. when uh, even though i was liking everything else the second one is um burnout paradise the racing is excellent the cars are pretty cool i hate the fact that it's like this open world thing where they've got all the different points i much prefer the the level structure sort of thing the older burnouts so that kill was otherwise a good game for me and then the third one is motorstorm and that was just a lack of content so it's like i liked the game but it want, wanted me to play every map like 15 times with every different variation of the cars they've got and that that just wasn't a recipe for me finishing it. Yikes! Well, there you go. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of games that just hit us. We liked them, but they just had something too rough in it. <laughs> um, why don't we move along then to everyone's favorite game? How long to beat the game? Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. I think Paula. I think this is your week to hit that randomizer, huh? Yep. So I'm gonna randomize a game. Let's see. What are we playing? Terminator for? Salvation. <laughs> Terminator Salvation. They made a game of that. <laughs> okay. I don't fuck know. They did also make an arcade cabinet. Interestingly enough. Really? Well, okay. I think it's a separate game. Yeah, I think they're two different things. I did not know so, they made a game yeah. for this. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised they made a game for this. <laughs> I'm just gonna Google it real quick. Yeah, I'm doing that as well. We can always just trim this little bit out while we're uh, while we're all searching. Ooh, developed by or developed in collaboration with Grin. They're the Who's people Grin? behind the. Uh, if I remember correctly, they're the people behind the Bionic Commando reboot, where his wife is. Oh, yes, they are. They did Bionic Commando. Um, those <laughs> those two were their last games before they got shuttered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So that bodes well. And then they were founded in 1997. Damn. Yeah, they were an old studio. They started off with some of the Ghost Recon spin-offs and a game called Ballistics, which I've never heard of. Mm. Um, Out of curiosity, Paler, is this like all of the versions or is this just the iOS one? Because there are technically two separate releases. And interestingly, the iOS version scored far better than, than the full fat version did. I wish I could check without seeing the stats. Oh, right. but from the cover it seems to be like either the pc or console version okay okay maybe cool. the mobile version is drawn somewhere there 
or it could just not have been listed. To be fair, there's quite a few mobile games of that ilk that just, uh, for whatever reason, don't resonate with the the site community and, and haven't been logged. I, there's games I'm starting now on iOS that just haven't been logged in the time since. I think I have a feeling for this one. Um, Me too. Yeah, I think I... Yeah. I have no idea. Right, I've committed. So I've put eight hours main, nine hours main plus, 11 hours completionist. And I feel like I actually might have pitched slightly too high, but we'll see. Hey, I'm going to say six hours main, uh, seven hours uh, main plus. And for 100%, let it be nine hours and a half. I don't think I just I don't think this is a long game. I'm going five hours main main plus six hours, hundred percent six and a half hours. I just I don't think yeah. this is a long game. Actually, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you're all gonna change it now. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm gonna go six 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 six. Yeah, I don't think it's that short for hundred percent, but maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. Find out, won't we? Maybe just eight hours, eight hour, fifteen minutes. Sure. Oh, get away with that fifteen minutes rubbish, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paolo, you want to tell okay. us how we did? Let's check. Let's check. Yes, please. You're ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, holy fuck. Um, main story six hours. Main and extras five hours and a half. Hey? No, wait, I'm stupid. Main story four hours. <laughs> ha! I was like, it got longer. <laughs> Influence <laughs> <laughs> extras five hours and a half. Completion is six hours. Wow, I was like bang on almost. <laughs> uh, five, six. Did that mean we all won? We all got three. We all got five points. Well, yeah. it looks like we all moved on up. <laughs> Which means my thunder lead maintains. Yes. Yeah, thirty-eight for Rick, thirty-five for Paula, and now thirty-three for me. Um, yeah, I thought this was That's a short game. Like 33 for me. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hard to believe there's such a bad reviews for such a short game, too. It's like, damn. Um, you fucked up a game that short? All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, on yeah. On that note, uh, we'll see y'all next week. That's all for us. Toodles. Bye. Bye. <laughs>